Welcome in, welcome back, everybody, and a happy new year to you. So tell me if you've heard this one before. Notre Dame's season ends with a lopsided loss in a major postseason bowl game. Who would have ever thought? Who could have guessed? After some really high highs, the season ends with two low lows that feel oh so painfully familiar to Notre Dame fans. Was this season a success? If so, to what extent? Well, it just depends on who you ask within ND Nation. Everybody's different. As I always say, one of the benefits of playing great teams, as Notre Dame has the last two games, is that they provide a pure test of where you are at. In this regard, I think Notre Dame fans should have learned a lot from the second Clemson game and the Alabama game. Some of the findings are good. Some are bad, and some are just plain unacceptable. Notre Dame is really good. They're just not elite, period. Now, as the Swarbrick slash Kelly era enters its final phase, will Brian Kelly stop crying and whining to the media long enough to look at what needs to change in order to make one true playoff run before his time at Notre Dame runs out? Or will it just be business as usual, get used to it, as Brian Kelly would say, with the same big game results? We have a lot to cover. Let's get into it. Let's go. Welcome in. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest Big Game Bowl Loss Edition of the Always Irish Show. On Twitter, you can find me, JKZND4, or just type in the search bar, Always Irish. Obviously, you can find me on YouTube by typing Always Irish. Do hit the subscribe button. I do appreciate that very much. Email alwaysirishnd at gmail.com. Getting a lot of emails. A lot of people have some very strong opinions about where Notre Dame's at, where they need to go, how they're going to get there. I will get back to you guys in time. Merchandise link is below in the description. Audio only. You could get me anywhere. Like, subscribe, share, comment, whatever you want to do. I just like the interaction. Okay, so we have a lot to go over today. Um, some small picture. A lot of it's big picture, and we just need to break it all down. There's a lot going on. Okay, so first things first. Here's the first thing we're going to address. I know, especially this is Monday, there's a lot of activity with Notre Dame and the transfer portal and all that kind of stuff. This ain't the show for that. We have all off-season to talk about all that stuff. So I know there's a lot going on there with Notre Dame today. I'm not covering that. We'll get to it. Let's wrap up this season. Then we'll get into all that stuff moving forward, okay? Unlike a lot of shows... I don't go away just because the season stopped. There's no games. There's always Notre Dame stuff to talk about. I'm going to be here, okay? We have plenty of time to get into that. So here we are. A really promising season with a tremendous high point on November 7th. And just like every other Notre Dame season I can remember, literally, that was decent. It ends with... A good year where you have a lot of optimism and an embarrassing end year big game bowl loss. Except this time, Notre Dame outdid itself by getting two of those losses in a three-week span. So it wasn't just one time because of the ACC agreement. We got to suffer two of these games where the contest is never in doubt and we don't really compete. Okay, So I don't care how you approach the game the people that convinced themselves Notre Dame was going to win for reasons that there were none except for you wanted them to win. That's a horrible reason to pick your team to win. I'm never going to come off that. Because you want them to win is not a good reason to say you're predicting them to win. That makes no sense. But regardless of how you approach the game, Notre Dame will find a way to win. Notre Dame's going to get killed. Or me, I thought we were going to lose, but I hoped it was competitive and we didn't. No matter where you fall in that spectrum, these last two games were a big kick to the gut. No matter where you were approaching it from emotionally, philosophically, whatever. If you love Notre Dame, these last two games were a big gut punch. And the reason why is it's proof we're still not elite. 
We had hoped after November 7th, some of what happened then showed that we were getting there and we could physically match up with that team. What happened in the second Clemson game when they were healthy wiped out a lot of that goodwill for me anyways. We had to play them competitive the second time to maintain credibility from what happened the first time. We didn't do that, okay? So that's the hard part of this. We have these last two games against great, great rosters, teams, and coaches, and we saw in some areas we can hang, but ultimately we're not elite, Okay, so here's the thing about the fan approach, how you're looking at it and whatever. I'm just going to say this. I'd rather be wrong and happy than to be right and miserable. So right now, I'm unfortunately right and miserable. A lot of how I was worried this game would play out is exactly how it played out. So that sucks. Um, but in terms of just what you wanted to happen, what like, listen, I don't blame any Notre Dame fans for finding ways to convince themselves going into this game we could compete. Like, we haven't won one of these bowl games since I was like zero years old. So whatever. I don't care how people approach him anymore. The, the result's just the same. So whatever. Um, Notre Dame hasn't won a major bowl game In so long, 45 of 65 Power 5 teams have won a major bowl game since the last time we won one, including Kansas. 45 of 65 Power 5 teams have won a major bowl game since the last time Notre Dame did. It's it's almost unbelievable. You can't make... I don't know how this happens just based even on luck that you could lose every single one of these games for essentially 25, 28 years, whatever it is. But John, those losses are coming against some great teams, people will say to me. Yeah, that's kind of the point. I'm waiting for us to be one my entire life. That kills me when people say, oh yeah, but John, we're playing good teams in those games. Yeah, and theoretically, we're supposed to be one too. When does that part kick in? That being said, Notre Dame still belonged in this game. Like, I'm going to go off on that rant, and then I'm going to come back to saying Notre Dame belonged in this game. The final score does not mean they didn't belong in this game, okay? A&M lost to Alabama by more than Notre Dame and beat North Carolina by less than Notre Dame with almost all of North Carolina's good skill players not playing. So their argument against Notre Dame is out. Cincinnati didn't have the power five teams. Like, Notre Dame still earned their spot in this game and was deserving over the other teams. I got to make that clear. Just because the result was lopsided doesn't mean Notre Dame didn't earn their position into the game. Those are different things. Notre Dame's really, really good. They're just not elite. And the gap between us and elite is bigger than we had hoped it it was. We thought this was the year you could close the gap. I talk about it all the time on this show. Notre Dame's really, really good. They're just not elite, okay? So since 2017, here are the four best records in college football. Clemson 51 and 4, Alabama 49 and 4, Ohio State 44 and 4, Notre Dame 43 and 7. Okay. So there's your four, what a coincidence. Your four playoff teams are the four teams with the best records in college football the last four years. The frustrating part is nobody outside the Notre Dame circle cares about Notre Dame having the fourth best winning record. The last two games are all the ammunition anybody who hates Notre Dame needs, okay? Nobody cares. Joe Blow, college football fan on his couch in his boxers, doesn't give Notre Dame credit for having the fourth best record. They look at these last two big games. It's all these people need to rip Notre Dame, okay? And what's getting me is I expect to take some crap from these other fans, team. Fans of teams that aren't good enough to play in these games, but then sit on the couch and make fun of Notre Dame and how they do in these games. 
philosophically, that makes no sense. I expect that from the mullet heads in Michigan and everywhere else, okay? What's getting me is writers are coming out of the woodwork that never write about Notre Dame ever. They're coming out of the woodwork ripping Notre Dame. They already had the articles written, I told you guys. These people had the full articles written. They just waited for the Alabama-Notre Dame game to get over and hit send, okay? So the full narrative is in play. Notre Dame didn't do anything to stop it. Riding the momentum of November 7th ended after the second Clemson game. You can't live off it anymore. So your credibility here, that's a big deal to me, garnering respect and all that stuff. I think within actual college football, there's some respect for what Notre Dame's built and done and is given how hard it is to win there, the academics, getting into school, getting through school, everybody knows that. But to most people and these writers, it's any opening to take a shot at Notre Dame. These last two performances, it's open season. The full narrative, the full thing, it's open season. There's nothing we could say as Notre Dame fans. There isn't. Nobody cares that we have the fourth best record the last few... All they're going to point to is, what do you do in these big games? I can't say anything because we don't win them. Not only do we not win them, they're really not even that close or compelling. I got to be honest with you. I can't believe I'm saying this. Some of this Notre Dame-Alabama game was borderline boring. I mean, you never felt like the game was in balance or you didn't know. It just... (sighs) One thing this season's reaffirmed to me. Notre Dame is firmly implanted at the top of very good with a big gap getting to elite, okay? It sucks. It's just the truth. Any Notre Dame fan with open eyes, unbiased eyes, can see it now. These last two games were such a good litmus test of where you are playing these two great staffs and great rosters. So, yeah, Notre Dame's gotten a lot better recently. The problem is... So have the three teams you're chasing that currently dominate college football. Those three teams have also gotten better, okay? So Notre Dame needs to understand they're not in a race against themselves comparing what they did to what they used to do. You're also trying to keep up with these three football factories that have now separated themselves from the rest of the pack in college football, okay? So... You could say comparing us to them isn't fair. We can't recruit like they do. Here's the thing. As long as Kelly's going to get up there all the time and say, we're going to graduate our players and we're going to compete for championships. As long as that's the stated goal, that's what I'm going to hold him to. If that's not the goal, you don't think you could get there, don't say it. But as long as you're talking it and charging championship prices for everything, that's going to be the bar. Okay? So, these last two games provide a crystal clear perspective on where ND is solid enough to compete with elite and where it still falls short. In this game, Notre Dame got out-talented first and foremost. Not a secret, not up for debate. Everybody knows that. Notre Dame got out-talented. They also got out-coached. They also got out-schemed again. Within a three-week span, across the board, again, Notre Dame got beat in all these areas. And if it sounds familiar, it should, because it just happened. We just lived it two weeks ago, okay? And, oh, by the way, the team that totally embarrassed and clowned you two weeks ago just got embarrassed and clowned by Ohio State, making Notre Dame look even worse. So keep that in your mind too, okay? It's not even like that happened against the team that's going to win the championship this year. It didn't. So you got to keep that in mind when you're processing your anger about this situation, okay? So the conversations following Clemson Part 2 and Alabama have to be a larger scale one rather than a small scale one based on X's and O's and one play here, one play there. No, 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 no. What we're talking about, where we're at right now is bigger than that. It's bigger than that. The assumptions we can make, the information we've gathered, it's bigger than that. Okay, it's not a couple plays here, a couple plays there. 
in these last two ball games. There's bigger things in play here that we need to talk about, okay? So the approach I said in this pregame, I needed full-on aggression. I needed to see an attempt to do everything possible to win this game, not just not get blown out. I needed to feel that. I needed to see that. I needed to see the urgency. I needed to see chances taken we don't usually take. I needed to see pedal-to-the-metal aggression, scoring as many points as you can, as fast as you can. We saw some wrinkles offensively. A wrinkle for Notre Dame's offense is throwing one screen pass, like with blocking. That's a wrinkle to Notre Dame is, is throwing one screen pass. We saw a couple little wrinkles offensively, but nowhere near what it had to be to actually compete in this game. We didn't even take the chances it took to see if we could compete in this game. And I have no respect for that at all. None. Zero. None. Zero. Okay, so I needed to see a true attempt to win this ball game, pulling out all the stops, all the gadgets, anything you had. Didn't see that at all, and I just don't respect it. Okay, so... You could say to me, John, what did you expect? You can't change what you were doing since Clemson and then show up and do something totally different in this game. That's just not realistic. You could say that to me. So my response to that would be, okay, I understand that, but then that's a sign of even larger scale problems. That If that's where we're going to go and somebody's going to say, well, John, you can't change what you are or what you've been doing now, just because the last game went bad and you need to open it up or whatever, fine. You could say that and I could agree with that, but that opens up a bigger scale problem than just scheme-wise how you're going to attack this one game. If you're telling me we don't have the guys capable of doing what it takes to win one of these games, that's a whole different discussion and not a good one. So that's a bad excuse when Notre Dame people say, well, John, what we did against Clemson didn't really work. We can't change. We can't just start doing different stuff now. Fine. I, whatever. Then you got bigger problems. If it's not just one scheme for one game and it's the whole big picture that you don't have an offense that could stretch the field at all in 2020, which is the situation we're in, that's a bigger scale issue, bigger scale problems than a one game schematic issue. So if you want to go there, we could go there if that's your excuse. But it doesn't get anybody off the hook. It raises more questions. That's all that path does when you say that to me. So Kelly always talks about being who we are. Being who you are failed against Clemson. To think you could run things similar against Alabama, who has even more talent, and get a different outcome is both hilarious and disgusting to me. So this is where you get boxed in, okay? My big concern after Clemson Part 2 was, if we do anything similar to this, we have no chance against Bama. What can you give me different? Sure enough, I didn't see that much different with the offense. They weren't taking deep shots. They weren't doing trick plays. They weren't throwing downfield trying to see if something... Nope. Didn't get any of it. And I don't understand it and I don't respect it. And if you're telling... Again, if you're telling me the reason you didn't see that is because we don't have the guys capable, whether it's receivers not getting open, whether it's Ian Book not seeing a guy or uh, not seeing him soon enough or whatever... Whatever. It's all a problem. There's no way out of this as a Notre Dame fan. If you're telling me we were going with who we were against Clemson and Alabama because we can't be something else, that's a big problem. It's a huge problem because who you are, in quotes, who you are, Kelly always talks about it, who you are, is good enough to win 10 or 11 games a year. It's not good enough to win a title. We've learned that. That's not a debate at this point. Is anybody questioning what I just said? What else do you need to see against the elite talent teams to make that conclusion that I just made? 
the way Notre Dame is being who they are, they're going to win. They could win 10 or 11 games a year against lesser talent. You just learned it don't work against the very, very best teams. That's where we're at. That's who we're playing. That's who we need to get over to get to the next step. Okay. So it's all just not good enough. It's not elite. I'm not saying Notre Dame's terrible. I'm not saying fire Kelly. I'm not saying shut the program. I'm not. They're really, really good. They're just not elite. They're just not elite. And I don't do this show for it to be 10 and 2, 10 and 2, 10 and 2. So that's the big picture here, guys. This team, specifically this offense, is perfectly suited, capable, and built to beat the teams you should beat. When you get into these elite matchups, you need more firepower. It should be perfectly evident for everybody paying attention. Brian Kelly's insistence on this tame and lame, no-stretch-the-field offense is kind of perplexing unless you think Kelly doesn't trust his receivers and Ian Book, so going downfield isn't even in the playbook. Like, it's just a huge problem, no matter the reason. No matter the reason, whatever the reason really is, this offense looks so scared, lame, passive, just not electric, not explosive at all in these big moments. No matter what the reason is, it's a problem. Like, there's no easy way out of this. There isn't, whether it's just a bad game scheme, that one game. Why is that happening in these games? It shouldn't happen. If it's with the players Kelly doesn't trust, that's on him to recruit guys he does trust or to develop more guys. No matter what the reason you want to go, it's a problem at the end of the day, okay? So we just saw this kind of offense can't work against Clemson. What did they do? Re-racked it and did it again. I hate it, and it's lazy, and it sucks. The offense is outdated. This kind of offense does not win national titles. It wins 10 games against inferior opponents, okay? That's pretty much it. In 2012, Notre Dame needed to beef up on the lines before try after 2012. Notre Dame knew it had to beef up on the lines in order to compete. That's one thing we learned against Alabama. They did a pretty good job of that between then and now. I'm not saying they didn't, okay? The problem is now you have a different mismatch problem. It's on the perimeter outside on both sides of the ball. Not even close to dynamic enough. Receivers and secondary, Hamilton obviously excluded from that. So the offensive plan was doomed to fail from the beginning without stretching the field at all, thinking you could play Alabama. I, it just makes no sense. It made no sense coming into the game as the plan. As the game was going on, it made even less sense. Here we are. There's no good answers. There's no good answers. Okay. I get Notre Dame wants to run the ball. Fine. But you need more than that to win titles. Period. Not up for debate. It's just not up for debate. Of course you got to be able to run the ball when you need it, when you want it. Close out halves, close out drives, close out the end of the game. You need all that. But to win titles, you got to be dynamic at quarterback and on the outside too. And because passing's so important now, you got to have a good secondary. The times are changing. 2012, after that, it was all about we got to get up front. We got to be stronger up. We did all that. Now the game is changing. Notre Dame has to adapt with it. Being you is no longer good enough. Being you can't compete with elite, healthy teams. Adapt or die. Or in Brian Kelly's case, adapt or retire. That's where this is coming to. Okay? What Notre Dame's done at the wide receiver position is, it's horrific if you really think about it. We tried to get things going this year with Skaronic, McKinley, like 
they did some good things. It's just not dynamic enough. The quarterback can't find them. They don't get open. Whatever it is, the combination of it isn't good enough. The wide receiver recruiting classes for Notre Dame from 2017 through 2020 between the ACC title game and the Alabama game had one catch for 20 yards, and it was Lawrence Keyes. That's it. I'm going to repeat that. In the ACC title game and this playoff game, one receiver recruited by Notre Dame from the 17, 18, 19, 20 classes caught a ball in either one of those games, and it was for 20 yards. Not good enough. You, you cannot get over the top with that being your situation. Clemson's got guys lower rated than Notre Dame's wide receiver recruits making huge plays in the ACC title game. We got a couple of them that can't even see the field for a series. It's just not good enough. It's just not good enough. Lindsey, Keys, Watts, Johnson. I just don't get it. Traits, injury, academic, whatever it is, they're not out there making plays. Something ain't right. Something ain't right. The first deep pass to my liking came with about four minutes left in the game. I just don't understand. I just don't understand how that could be the case when you know you have to score points to beat this team. And oh, by the way, they score touchdowns on their first three drives. So that should have told you you're in a a point race here. You got to open it up. And again, if your argument against that is book can't do it, the receivers can't do it, that's a sign of a bigger problem. You got bigger issues. If that's the reason we didn't try it, it's a huge issue. Or maybe it's not a huge issue because Ian Book will be gone. So maybe that solves some of this. We'll talk about that later, okay? But either by necessity or arrogance, the offensive game plan was tame and lame again. Few risks were taken, none that were big enough for my liking, and I don't get it. It was a failing plan two times in a row with time to prepare for each one. It's a total failure as far as a game plan. You had no chance to win with this offensive plan. You just didn't. Not against this team. Hate it. I just hate it. I I just hate it. I don't know what to tell you. Notre Dame's offense needs to get more modern. You have a new quarterback coming in. Now might be the perfect time to implement that. Modern scoring football. Real screens. Real RPOs with threats for both options, slants, flies, deep crossers, all of it is needed. We have almost none of it. That's what it takes to win. That's what people are winning titles with. On top of a good running game when you want it, when you need it. I'm not asking for this stuff instead of being able to run the ball. I'm asking for this stuff in addition to having good offensive line, good tight ends, Kyron Williams. On top of that, not in lieu of it, on top of it, to where that's not all you have to rely on. The running numbers in this game for Notre Dame weren't totally embarrassing, but it didn't matter because of the way the game was going. Oh, boy. Brian Kelly has one more run. He needs to overhaul the offense the same way he overhauled the defense after 2016. The proof is evident. You cannot win an elite game doing it the way we're doing it. Okay, if you're looking for one good thing out of the last two games, I would say one good thing is it's crystal clear now where we stack up and where we don't. We didn't really get totally dominated up front by Alabama in this game. The perimeters killed us, offense and defense. Okay, you have some pieces, but wide receiver in particular is a nightmare. What's happened with Notre Dame's depth there? You need ballers. I don't care what class they are. I don't care how old they are. I don't care how much experience you have. You need playmakers and also a guy that could throw the ball to them. The, you guys, I, I just, 
it's so frustrating that I'm just losing my mind. So this offense needs to change. It, it needs a major modernized change in philosophy. Tommy Reese is young and modern enough. He should understand this. You need a mobile, big, big arm quarterback, multiple dynamic wide receivers while maintaining strong line play, tight end play, and Kyron Williams. Okay. That's what you need to do. Okay, I'm not swapping these things out, throwing it around, and then we can't run the ball. No, you still need that, but you need this on top of that is what you need. That's what it takes to win elite games. Now, to Ian Book. Here's the thing with Ian Book. I think Ian's done a great job of getting the most out of his potential. He came to Notre Dame as a three-star throw-in. Nobody talking about him. No hype. Nobody knew who Ian Book was. Today, everybody who likes college football watches college football. Ian Book's a household name. Everybody knows him. He won a lot of games at Notre Dame. So I credit Ian Book for getting way more out of what I think his natural God-gifted talent is by what he's accomplished in Notre Dame. Great rep for the university. Great kid. Tough. Doesn't get in trouble. Tries hard leader, all that kind of stuff. Ian Book's a guy every college football fan now knows by name. That's pretty damn good. And oh, by the way, you won the most games any quarterback in Notre Dame. So thanks to Ian Book for doing that and getting the most out of for himself and the university and all that. I think it's a great story, really. Three stars, nobody's saying nothing. Now everybody knows your name. That's a big deal, and he's to be commended for that. That being said, he's not elite. You can't win a game a game like this with Ian Book as your quarterback. So, whatever. Like that, I'm not be, trying to be mean. He has certain limitations the other three quarterbacks in the playoff don't have. That's just a fact. So, I commend him for getting the most out of his capabilities, which I think he's done a great job of. He's just not elite, and it's going to take either an elite quarterback to get us over the top or maybe a little less than elite, but with skill guys like Alabama has. It's very unlikely Notre Dame's ever going to have that. Therefore, you need the quarterback to raise the level of everybody because Notre Dame's never going to have the supporting cast Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State have. That's why it's even more important to have that elite quarterback that can raise the play of everybody. Okay, but for me to look at Notre Dame with the quarterback and they're scared to let him throw the ball downfield in 2020 college football, that's, it's absurd. It's absurd. It's embarrassing that that's where we're at, but that's where we're at. So credit to Ian Book. I think he's gotten a lot out of his God-gifted abilities. He's just not elite and you're not winning a title. So whatever. Back to this. Look at this note. Teams that score more than 14 versus Alabama. Ole Miss, Tennessee, LSU, Florida. 14 or less, Kentucky, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Auburn, Notre Dame. It's bad company. It's really bad offensive company to be in. Okay? So I need an overhaul of the offense where you don't lose what you're good at which is running the ball, having good tight ends, and you gain a quarterback that can whip the ball all over and receivers that can actually get open and beat threats down the field. Have to have it, or Notre Dame's not competing for a title anytime ever, okay? Need to have it. Defensively, it's a little interesting. Notre Dame held Alabama to 31 points, their lowest total since 2018, Yet, Notre Dame still at really had no chance to win the game due to the offense being total remedial garbage trash. Sounds like a decent performance defensively, but let's talk about it, okay? The first three drives Alabama had, they scored touchdowns. That's a 100% failed start. That's the one way this game couldn't start is letting Alabama do what they want to do offensively early and get ahead. It's exactly what we let them do. 
We just let him do it. First three times, score, 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 score. So right away, that was a fail. It was the one thing you couldn't do. Let them jump out ahead of you big early. We played right into their hands perfectly, okay? Then, offensively, we didn't even try and keep pace. That's the worst part. We were too busy being who we are. Who the hell cares if you are who you are if who you are gets you beat? What good is it to be who you are when who you are can't win big games? What is the value then of being who you are? This is like a philosophy class in existentialism. What good is it to be who you are if who you are isn't good enough to reach your goals? Think about that one tonight, okay? So we needed takeaways to stay in this game. Just forget it. We didn't even come close. Just forget it. Jones, five incompletions, 300 yards passing, 10 average, four touchdowns. Seemed like an easy game. It just He just did whatever he wanted to do, okay? The end of the first half, Najee Harris himself had 101 receiving yards. All of Notre Dame's receivers had 84 combined by that time. It's just bad football. It's just, it's just lame offensive football. I know they're talented. I know they're elite, and I know all that, but this is pretty rough. I mean, you're in the game. You're expected to compete, okay? So, and then here's the other thing. It's bad enough we were going to get beat. We had to get posterized, too, and give them the playoff moment. The picture of the whole playoff is a guy jumping 80 feet over our defender's head and clowning us. Go ahead, print the poster. Put it on the Wheaties box. I'm sick of it all ready. Okay? So, 31 points allowed looks good comparatively. You got to understand, though, Nick Saban pulled off. Harrison Smith, they weren't getting major touches later in the game. They pulled off big time knowing they still have one more game to come, and knowing the way Notre Dame plays offense, they were no threat to get back in the game at all. Zero. Scared to throw a forward pass. Do you know how offensive it is that I got Newt Rockney on Lake Michigan there in the summer throwing forward passes saying, we're going to change the way the sport's played. Now you're at Notre Dame and you can't throw a pass down the field. It blows my mind. I, I can't understand it, but it makes me sick. Makes me sick, okay? So the defense held in there. They, it was a combination later of tightening up slash Alabama not trying as hard. Call it what it is. But they still ended up giving up 31 points, Alabama's lowest total since 2018. But when the offense insists on being who it is, 31 points, forget it. Notre Dame can't reach 31 points. What are you, on drugs? That offense can't score 31 points against that team. Oh, boy. So there's no doubt the defense needs to continue to get better and deeper up front. But the secondary is the huge weakness, and it got exposed here. You need four Hamiltons back there, not one. Seriously, you need three or four of them, not one. So that's a big issue. It's always an issue at Notre Dame recruiting secondary guys. You still have that issue, okay? You still have that issue. So let's see here. Special teams, I needed you to steal a possession prior to the game being over. Like earlier in the game, a fake punt, something, anything. You needed points. You needed possessions. You were playing catch-up. And it seemed like we did nothing and we're just happy to run the clock out. I just didn't feel an effort to win this game. It was a scared effort to not get blown out. And that's what I hate. That's the one thing I said it couldn't be. This scared, weak offensive game plan with no electric threats. It's just rough to watch. It's a really rough watch. It just is. So I was waiting for a trick play on offense. I was waiting for something. It just, 
We just didn't get it. The field goal got tipped and we missed. Whatever. It's just lame. I, I just can't wrap my mind around it. We didn't get, I would say, one-tenth of the aggression level I wanted out of play calling and approach I thought it was going to take to be in this game. We didn't get one-tenth of it. So I just don't respect that. I just didn't see... I just didn't see changes from what didn't work against Clemson. Offensively, especially, I just didn't see changes. Defensively, I know Clark Lee's got a lot going on, but you can't give up three touchdowns and their three first possessions. You're setting yourself up to lose. You're putting yourself way behind too early, okay? Now we're going to get to the fun stuff. Let's talk about coaching for a minute. Overall, the whole wide receiver situation is a group fail. Whoever's involved, failed experiment, okay? Game plan, Clemson part two, Alabama. Fail, double fail, two in a row with minimal wrinkles, minimal trying to do anything different, fail. Embracing who you are when it's not good enough is what losers do, and I do not respect it, okay? No creativity, no shots early, no stretching the field, no tricks, no nothing. No nothing, okay? Here's a couple other things with coaching that I want to point out. Little things, but things I noticed that bugged me. Notre Dame had a chance to make it a 16-point game at one point, which is a two-possession game. We didn't try and go for two to do that. Then immediately went for an onside kick. That makes no sense. If it's important enough you're going to try an onside kick, why wouldn't you try and get within two scores? Makes no logical coaching sense. Here's a worse one. Notre Dame lined up for a play, had a tight end uncovered, wide open, off the side of line of scrimmage, No Alabama guy within 10 yards. They screwed up. What does Notre Dame do? Immediately calls a timeout. That's just a total failure by the quarterback, by the coaches, everybody. We had a wide open tight end with nobody over the top of them. We called a timeout instead of throwing it to him and scoring. That's what we're dealing with here. I have no patience for that. That's coaching mal practice. It's not good enough. The defensive plan, I I don't know what to say, man. You 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 gave up you can't give up to this team three touchdowns in their first three drives. That's what Alabama wants to do. They have you right where they want you then. We allowed it and had no answers. So a lot of what we did later was okay, but it was too late. Because we gave up too many drives early and the offense couldn't do anything, okay? So that's just tough. Like, in the first half, forget winning series and getting off the field three and out or whatever. We couldn't even really win a play, every play. Their worst play seemed like it was seven or eight yards. It was... I know they're talented, but come on, man. You got to come up with something better than that. You got to come up with something better than that. (sighs) On to Brian Kelly's press conferences. This guy, he wants it both ways. He says a title is the goal, and he always says a title is the goal, but he doesn't want to answer the questions when the goal is not reached. You can't have it both ways, Brian Kelly. Stop saying the goal is a title if you're not going to even do anything close to be able to compete for one. But if that is still your goal and you're openly saying it, you got to sit there and take the questions when it doesn't happen. And people want to know why. Not only are you losing these games, but they're not even close and and you don't really have a chance to win them. Okay? So those are fair questions. And Kelly was up there crying He wants the local media to be nicer to him. You got to be kidding me. If anything, the local in-house media is too nice to him already throwing him softball questions. So 
here's he's agitated asking about the narrative and what Notre Dame's got to do. He's agitated. He's saying he doesn't understand it and all this stuff. Listen, this comes off to me like a guy who's just beyond frustrated. He's beyond frustrated. After 2012, he knew it had to, the lines had to get better. He did all that. Rematches with Alabama. Now the outsides aren't good enough. Like, Kelly's just frustrated. He can't get it all where it needs to be good enough all at the same time. It's always, we're good at this, we're not good enough at that. We're good enough at that, we're not good enough at this. He can't get it all where it needs to be at once. He's very frustrated. He's lashing out. It's just a bad look, though. He's talking about the narrative doesn't need to change and we're fine being who we are. If he thinks they're fine being who they are, totally forget about winning a playoff game with Brian Kelly. Because you just saw in two games, being who they are is not enough. So I think he knows the changes that need to be made. He doesn't want to throw guys under the bus or himself. So he got on the defensive. But he, he just he's not allowed to have it both ways. Talk about winning a title and then not wanting to answer questions about you, why you can't get close to winning a title. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And we all know the history with Brian Kelly. When he's not winning these big games and gets testy, that's when people turn against him in the media. So I don't know, man. I don't know. But his press conferences this last week were bizarre it, it feels to me like a guy who's finally reached a real frustration point and he can't cover it up even in the press conferences. He's frustrated. In 12, it was up front. He addressed it, did a good job. Now he can't compete on the outsides, on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. So I think Kelly's ultra frustrated, taking it out on everybody, but Saying the local media needs to be nicer than him is hilarious. All they do is throw the guy softballs and layups and alley-oops for him to dunk. Give me a freaking break. And again, with the I don't know why we get this narrative type question, it's very simple. Until you stop getting blown out in these games, the narrative's going to continue. That's perfectly fair and right out in the open for everybody to see and deal with, okay? College football's changed. Notre Dame needs to keep pace. Here's how I see this. Brian Kelly and Jack have one more run in them. Three, four, five years, both those guys will probably phase out. Wouldn't surprise me if they did it together, okay? They have one more real run together in them. Elite quarterback, number one, secondary and wide receivers are the next important things to me that you're not already doing. I want to keep repeating that. This stuff can't be the focus and you lose focus on building a good running game, offensive line, tight ends, all that kind of stuff. You got to have all that and this stuff. Quarterback that could do it all. Athletic secondary that doesn't get burned. Wide receivers that could go in early and often and make plays, stretch the field. You need all that. Without it, forget winning big. Just forget it. You just saw it's not possible without those things. So no, Notre Dame didn't fold in this game. It didn't look like 2012. But that can't be the bar. That can't be the bar, is at least we didn't roll over and die by 50. That can't be the bar when you're 11 years in with the coach at Notre Dame. If Notre Dame's serious about making a run, now's the time. You're going to have a quarterback change. That's an opportunity to change what you're doing. You're going to have a defensive change. That allows you to mix some things up there. Now's the time to make these changes if Notre Dame really wants to make a run under Brian Kelly. 
if these changes are not made fast, forget it. For just forget it. Get used to 10 and 2, 11 and 1 and losing in these games. You just saw what it took. Notre Dame has some pieces. They don't have all the pieces. Don't kid yourself. The quarterback's the most important part of this entire discussion. Having an elite quarterback. Look at the other three quarterbacks in the playoff and what they do for their teams. That's all you got to see. Give me one of those guys. Give me one of those guys. Anything like one of those guys. Everything else just got easier you're trying to work on. So that's number one to me, okay? So, no, Notre Dame didn't get killed in in this game, like totally blown out, but it wasn't competitive either. So, it was a disappointing, hard lesson to learn, but the only thing you could do is soak in from Clemson to an Alabama where we held up and where we fell short. You got to work on those areas. You got to focus more resources and attention in the areas we clearly fell short against the best teams. Notre Dame is very good. They're not elite. There's a path to elite. Can Notre Dame and Brian Kelly go down that path to end his tenure? Those are my questions, okay? So, we will have another episode soon with the transfer portal stuff. And one unique recruiting idea I have to try and get some more talent. I got a lot of stuff planned. Now that we're in the offseason, I hope you guys will stick around because I'll still put out stuff. There's still Notre Dame stuff every single week to talk about. This show's not going anywhere, okay? So that being said, talk to you on Twitter.